Thank you for joining us for live paranormal radio. From the paranormal to the unexplained, it all happens here. It all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in our live video chat 24-7 with our live paranormal radio show hosts and other like-minded people. Live. Paranormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by Full Interaction Media. Stop by now and join the fun. Stop by now and join the fun. It's Haunted Playground on the Live Paranormal Radio Network. Please join us at LiveParanormal.com and at our affiliates, iHeartRadio.com, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podomatic, Blog Talk Radio, Player FM, and the list goes on and on and on. I'm your host, Sheena Metal. You can find me at SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a 28-year talk radio host. I'm a creative and performing artist, and I come to you live every Wednesday at 3 o'clock Pacific time from my home in Southern California. On this show, every week, I like to gather folks that I believe to be the brightest and most beautiful minds and hearts and souls in the paranormal and the spiritual communities. And we talk about everything from do you believe there is life after death to I think I may have a Loch Ness Monster in my above ground swimming pool. Nothing outside of the box uh, doesn't belong here on the show. And it's awesome every week to share with other like-minded parapeeps Um, all the amazing things the universe has to offer. My guest today is certainly no exception, but making his debut on any of my shows, which I love. I love to meet new people that I've never interviewed before, that I'm just getting to know. He's not only the host of Paranormal Perception, but also the organizer of OC Paragon, which is Anaheim's only paranormal conference. Please welcome to Haunted Playground uh, for the very, very first time, the wonderful Henry Henry San Miguel is here. Henry, welcome, my friend. How are you? It's wonderful to hear your voice, and thanks for being here. Hi, Sheena. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely, my pleasure. So, there I grew up in OC in Huntington Beach, where I now live again. Um, there, when I was growing up in the '80s in Huntington Beach, um, putting OC and Paracon together would have been like blasphemous, like it never would have happened. I had a psychic medium mom, and, you know, we were, there were fairies and dragons all over my house, and sometimes my, you know, the ladies that were the wives of my, the guys my dad worked with would come over and tell my mom, oh, you know what, if you're going to have a party, you have to put the dragons away. Because it was so very not paranormal down here, yet extremely haunted, and no one talked about it. So how long have you been in Orange County, California, and what has sort of been your paranormal experience? What was some of your first here? I've been I've been a resident of OC for about three years now, almost three years. I moved here uh, okay. right at the end of 2019, right before the world shut down, that fun year of 2020. Um, and, <laughs> but I understand from people that that live here, it's actually they they do call it Huntington Beach, and like you said, for good reason. So uh, I haven't had a chance to see too many things. I, I, I know the area. I know some of the stories over here. I, I used to live in the San Francisco Bay Area, but like I said, I moved up here at the end of 2019. Okay, so we definitely, first of all, need to do some paranormal investigations here. Um, 
I, I have not heard Hauntington Beach, and I'm going to call all my best friends from high school and have a good laugh when the show is over because that's hysterical. But I will tell you that my home is on an Indian burial ground, and um, for reals. Like now they know for sure I live right behind the Bolsa Chica wetlands where they have found Indian burial bowls. Um, when I was a kid, you know, it was kind of a trip. Now that I'm back here, I have done everything I can to ward this house so I don't have paranormal experiences in my home. I grew up in a very conjuring-type home outside of Baltimore before we moved here when I was 13, and it was kind of traumatic. I call myself a paranormal survivor. So I don't, I don't want to live in a haunted house, but, man, even now I feel sometimes the periphery of it outside at night, you know, because the Native American land is active, right? And I think a lot of Huntington... Um, is very active with native energy. It is, and I have to say, honestly, all of our homes are Native American burial ground or land for sure. That that's something that my spiritual consultants on the show on Earth and the Supernatural, we absolutely believe believe and say that all the time. So, yeah, it, it's it's that it's that it's something some tragic things that happen so yeah there's, there's a lot of reasons why places and homes and things can be haunted and um i we i talk about it on the show sometimes i don't really uh get too much into the the investigation part of it that again that is what sets paranormal perception apart from the uh i'll say the typical paranormal shows that i don't get into into that anymore because plenty of shows do that already now my show is about what now? At this point, there's very little doubt that there is something out there. There's something out uh, in, um, waiting for us after we die. So w- what now? What, Absolutely. What, what's the next level? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, you know, as a psychic medium, I don't necessarily need to, like, get all the stuff out and investigate with the equipment, although I know people that do, and I love that. My idea of investigating is, like, let's go to a place and just sit there and talk about what we feel. Um, yeah. because I think like you're talking about, we, we know now, right. The paranormal exists. I mean, I'm sure there's like four or five people in the world that don't believe so, but almost everybody believes it exists. Now, what are we going to do to make it more of our everyday lives? And how do we incorporate these other realms that exist around our realm, right. And are happening at the same time that we're living. And what does that mean for us? I think that's such an amazing idea for a show. And I love that about yours. Are you um are you a local to Anaheim? Is that why you decided to uh, base OC Paracon in Anaheim? Yeah, I'm um, I'm in Anaheim now. When I moved here from the Bay from the Bay Area, I, I had, with the show with Panel Perception, I had covered other Paracons uh, in Northern California, in uh, you know other places in the country. But when I came here, I asked around, I looked around, and I realized you know there's there's no Paracons. We have Pretty much everything here. We have film festivals. We have San Diego Comic Cons. We have uh, Disneyland, obviously, all, all kinds of things. But we don't have Paracons. We have Midsummer Scream. We have horror film festivals, but not not cons, not not expos, not gatherings that actually talk about the paranormal. Not about horror, about the paranormal. So I, mm-hmm. I asked all the different people that I know in the community here in the in the paranormal community. And they had to think about it, and they said, no, no, I don't think we've ever had one. So I said, why not me? Uh, well, like I said, I moved in here in, at the end of 2019. 2020 told me, why not me? 
but that was a goal when I moved here is, uh, you know, new, new location, new studios, new everything. Let me do something huge with the show. And it was that, a Paracon. 2021, we had to go virtual like, like a lot of things did. Last year was the first in person. It was, everybody loved it because they've never been one. So, uh, yeah, part of the, the, not part, the only reason why is because there just isn't one. There isn't anything, uh, there's no Paracons here in, in, in LA or in the, um, Orange County area, right. so like I said, why not me? Right, yeah, I'm 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 uh, appearing at one this weekend in Ventura County, and I yeah. it's the first year for them. A friend a friend of mine runs it. Um, that's how I know. That's how I got involved. But I I don't remember there ever being one here, and and so many friends of mine who like uh, the Kling brothers who are um, on the Discovery Channel show, um, Ghost Lab, uh, they're always like, hey, we want to come to LA and do a Paracon. But nobody ever does. So yeah. um, I love that you're doing it. I love that you're doing one here in Orange County. Uh, like I said, there. I remember a day where um, it would have been shocking that there was a Paracon here. Uh, even though Disneyland, I think, is one of the most haunted places in the world, right mm-hmm. in Anaheim too. But I, I yeah. love that you're doing it, and I, I love that you're you're bringing people to Orange County can come and and see what exists in their own area that. You know, we need more of that here. We need more and more. Uh, and, 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 you know, the Queen Mary, which is technically in L.A. County, but, you know, pretty much almost in Orange County. Another yeah. super haunted place, and, and even here in Huntington, the Newland House, right, where I've done many things, is one of the most haunted places around. So there's so much stuff here. It's nice to bring a Paracon here. I can't even imagine how much work it is and what's involved in and putting something like that together, but I completely admire you for doing so, and um, we'll do everything I can to support it, um, especially now that I'm back here in Orange County. So what 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 was sort of the beginning of your paranormal experience? I mean, how did how did the paranormal get on your radar, and and how did it kind of reel you in? Because it's it's a very addictive kind of thing. Asking it is. Those questions. Uh- yeah, it, it is. It, to me, it started when I was four years old. Again, back in San Francisco, the home I grew up in, um, I half-jokingly tell people, I call, I call it the, the haunted mansion because it just had so much activity all the time. And not just from us. Everybody that visited there said they, they, they felt something, they heard something, they saw something. But for me, it started when I was four years old. At least that's the first experience I can remember, clearly. Um, I was in my room, I woke up in the middle of the night, um, and I saw people coming out of the closet. Now, I knew they weren't living people. They didn't look like monsters or anything you would see on, on TV, but I could tell, even in my four-year-old mind, that they weren't living. And I always say on the show, when when people get their first exper- paranormal experience, one of two things happens. Either they run for the hill, want nothing to do with it, or <laughs> they want to know more. They 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 want they want to research more. It's a gateway that's open. To me, it was the latter. Uh, uh, even at four, I, I, I mean, I was scared because you know, I put I turn on the light, I put the covers over my head like most four year olds will do. But in the morning, uh, that's what opened the uh, that gateway for me. I wanted to know more. Back then, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have you know the TV shows that like we have today. There weren't a lot of resources back then. So. Um, the only thing I had really was two things. One was encyclopedias. The other 
was, I don't know if anybody listening remembers, the Time Life series, I think it was called Mysteries of the Unexplained. I still think I still have one somewhere. Those were sure. the only things sure. I had at the time. Yeah, those were the only things I had at the time to kind of tell me what it was. Um, but that's what started it uh, when I was four years old, that, that one experience. I remember going to the encyclopedia because we had the, the World Book Encyclopedia and looking mm-hmm. up ghost and vampire and UFO and all, and they were all in there. And I was so shocked yeah. to actually find them. But I think I was the same way. I wanted to know everything. I was nine when we moved to that house. And uh, I wanted to know everything, but at the same time, I wanted it to go away. And, you know, I have a lot of people I know that are like, oh, I do ghost box and pendulum in my house. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You, there, <laughs> there's, there's no Ouija board action happening in this house because I don't want that. And funnily enough, I used to call my home the haunted mansion as well. And uh, now that I'm sort of owning the title Paranormal Survivor, I was at Disneyland on Thanksgiving with a bunch of my family, and I got um, a print of the Haunted Mansion. It's of the Haunted Mansion with a bunch of the ghosts out front, and I'm going to frame it and hang it in my office just, like, to be ironic because I, too, used to call it the Haunted Mansion, and I was uh, um, just terrified. We were all terrified to be in that house. It's not always fun. I mean, people have this idea like, oh, I want my house to be haunted. It's so fun. Or, you know, those paranormal investigator peeps that are like, oh, I want to see a demon, man. No, you don't, you don't want that because that doesn't make your life happy. That's not a good thing, and that's not what you want. Um, it's, it is a thing, right? It, there is a PTSD that can come with being a paranormal survivor. And um, I'm... Um, starting a new talk show, I think, next month, just about that, where I interview other paranormal survivors, because there's a lot of us out there. And um, I kind of became a part of the paranormal community like you did, because I was trying to learn everything about it, because it had happened to me, right? Um, yeah. Where did you get, when did it get on your radar to do the to do the podcast? I mean, was that something that you always wanted to do, or you had a background in, or how did that come to be? No, that that didn't come until this millennium. Um, that at ten years old, I was introduced to radio uh, completely by accident. So my entire, well, even before adult, but my uh, my teen years for sure, all of my adult life has always been in entertainment, mainly in radio. But yeah, uh, it's always been something in media or entertainment. Podcasting, when that started to become a thing, the um, on radio, I used to do music and then eventually talk radio, um, as you probably know. We never yeah. talk about the spooky stuff, the paranormal stuff, except in October right. or on Halloween. Right, and I not was going to say Halloween week. Yes. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. and not, not in a serious way, and, and more of a, oh, ha, ha, it's Halloween, boo, let's scare everybody, let's bring in the witches, the, the psychics, the this, the that. So nobody really took it seriously, except for me. That's actually where I met uh, my first psychic ever. I forget his name was back in San Francisco, but he's... He's the one, you know, they were doing the morning show stuff, you know, playing the, the horns and the sound effects and then the goofy songs. And the psychic was doing his thing, and he noticed that uh, every time he said something, I just had this serious look on my face. So uh, during the commercial break, he took me aside and said, why is it you're the only one that seems to be taking me seriously? And I said, well, and I told him my story that I, like, started with the one I just told you. And then he started telling me, um. Yeah. Tell me more. Tell me more. Not in a, not in a 
joking way or in a, oh, yeah, some little kid, what does he know? Uh, he was actually taking me seriously. So, and honestly, that yeah. was the first time anyone had taken me seriously because nobody in my family wanted to talk about my experiences. I know they saw things and heard things in my house, but they, because we didn't talk about that in, in the house, no one at my school believed in it. So I really had nobody to talk to. So it wasn't until, um, I can't remember his name, but it wasn't until that psychic at the radio station, of all places, uh, started explaining things to me, number one, that I thought, okay, I'm not crazy. Other people experience these things too. And I started learning a little bit more than what I found in the books. So um, flash forward, like I said, to, to uh, when was it, 2016? No, 2018, when we started the uh, Paranormal Perception Show. Uh, I'd been doing another podcast about, by that point. It was like 10, almost 11 years. That one was about geek culture where I interviewed uh, celebrities, directors, actors. Uh, this one, however, w- my co-host at the time, she had a lot of experiences, her and her sister, and we used to share them off the air a lot. So, And also on the uh, the other show was called The Geek Speak Show. On that one, the Halloween show, going back to Halloween again, the Halloween episode was always the most downloaded episode, even though... I was talking about comic books and Star Wars and sci-fi and all these geeky things. Every time we talked about the spooky, it would go into the hundred thousands or more downloads. So I knew they loved that. And I said, well, let's do a paranormal podcast. At the time, there were already a lot of paranormal podcasts and podcasts hosted by teens, by celebrities, by people that have been in the, uh, in the paranormal community for decades. They had a ton of experience I'm not a I'm not a researcher. I'm not any of that. I'm just I was just a talk show host my entire life. It the paranormal. I always say it found me. I didn't go looking for it. So we the my co-host and I we we, we sat down and thought about it and said, well, if we do this, what are we going to add to it? Because we can tell our story. That's the first episode. Then what? So I decided to do it kind of kind of like the show that I was doing already, where. I would provide the platform and bring in people, not just ghost hunters, ghost investigators, but psychics, mediums, UFO. Because I mean, the word paranormal doesn't automatically mean ghosts. It covers everything and anything that is unexplainable. So we do talk about UFOs, about cryptids, about even stuff in real life. Uh, 2020 was... um, 9-11 9-11 kind of was a little slap to most people, but 2020 and to now, I see a huge awakening, not just psychically, but a lot of people are finally yeah. starting to wake up and realizing, hmm, something's not quite right in, on, <laughs> on the planet. So we talk about things like that, and um, uh, it was, but it was that. It was the fact that, uh, and you know, this, you know, we couldn't really talk about these topics on on at least not on music radio talk radios some i mean thanks to coast to coast am you can now but you can't really cover these topics the way they should be uh covered on a regular radio so for that reason and again reason why podcasts are so popular that's why i started the panel and perception podcast yeah yeah i agree and i think all those things need to be discussed together right because they're all part of the same thing i'm teaching this um uh, doing this lecture on at this Paracon on Saturday, and it's a it's called Are You Haunted? It's a new one for me. I've started using that expression, haunted, for anybody who has had a paranormal experience, a spiritual experience, or a ufology experience. Because once that happens to you, right, Henry? 
you are forever changed after that. Whether you grow up in a haunted house or you see a UFO or you see an angel or whatever the story is, you are never the same person after that. And I started calling it on my live broadcast, I started calling it being haunted. It's almost like what my what my Irish ancestors would call being touched, right? You're touched. Suddenly yeah. you're, you, you energetically glow a little bit different because you've been exposed to this thing beyond the earthbound plane. And all of us have more in common than we are different. And it's so important that we all band together, not only to support each other, because not everybody's experience is positive, but also to, um, to be a community for each other so that then other people who are going through things feel like it's okay to share them. Because I've had so many experiences with clients in my spiritual practice or with interviewing people who are now investigators or paranormal survivors, whatever the story is, telling the story of when I first told my family. They thought I was crazy. The church told me I couldn't come back. They, my parents put me in a mental hospital. Whatever the story is, right, all of us that have been through this extrasensory experience need to stick together to make it a more normalized thing in the world, right? Yeah. No, and you're thousand percent correct. When, when you have an experience, whether it's you see something, you hear something, or especially if you discover that you're yeah, that you that you're gifted, you have psychic gifts, and when you have that awakening, as you know, it it is life changing. It really is. And yeah, you can't just go up to the average person and say, "Hey, um, you're." Did your grandma pass away? She's been walking behind you this whole time. They'll put you in the loony yes. bin or something. So, so yeah, it is very traumatic. It is very, it's very life changing. So that's another reason why, not just with the podcast, but also another reason why I did want to start OC Paracon is to provide that platform. And like last year, I said on different shows that I went on, I want everyone that goes to OC Paracon this year included to understand and know that for that weekend, OC Paracon is their safe space. There, there are no silly questions. No one's going to be looking at you sideways or judging you. We're all there for the same thing. A lot of us, because we had, a lot of the people that were going, they had or just had their first experience, and they want to know more. So if you have any questions or, or any anything, that's the place to be for that weekend. Yeah, I love that. Yes, I love that. And and when when is it? It's uh, October sixth, seventh, and eighth. Oh, okay. All right. So it's in that time that in our old radio days you were allowed to have the paranormal stuff happen on the air. Yeah. Yeah. So funny. I love that your history is also in radio, so you understand um, even the progression of what radio has become, right, from then until now. Like, I still consider this radio. We're on iHeartRadio. I'm on a radio network, so I still call it radio. Some people only use the word podcast. Um, I think it just depends. I mean, I grew up in a world where a podcast was very different from a radio show. Now they've kind of almost merged into sort of the same thing. But um, I remember the old radio days where, um, you know, what happened? I, cause I, what happened with this show was I started in 2010 at a radio network I was working on that sadly became defunct during COVID, and I was having so many paranormal guests on because the more paranormal and spiritual guests I had, the more wanted to come. And finally, the station yeah. owner was like, "Because oh, I did the afternoon drive show." 
he's like, do you want to do like a weekly show where you just talk about paranormal stuff? Because you've got so many people coming on. Because I think at that time especially, this was like in 2010, right? People were in the paranormal community were so happy to have a place to voice what was going on with them. Now there's so many more shows doing it. It's kind of like when we were young, you know, it, it was only during October that a scary movie would come out. And I would wait all year round until it was October because that's when a scary movie would come out or the talk shows would have a scary topic, um, you know, like the, you know, the, the Tonight Show or whatever, a scary topic would happen because it was October. Uh, now yeah. it's all year round. So I think it's, um, you know, kids now uh, in high school and don't realize like what a luxury it is to be able to tap into the paranormal whenever you want. And certainly the Internet has helped with that too. But so many folks who are out there investigating or telling their story of surviving the paranormal or a UFO encounter or whatever are still of that age where it was, it was amazing to have a place to voice um, your, uh, your experience. And when I started this show, it was right when uh, paranormal shows were really sort of hitting their boom on television when there were just so many of them all the time. And it was so nice for those folks to, have a place to tell their story. I think that's so important. And I love when people say, oh, yeah, the paranormal shows, people are getting burnt out on them. They're never going away. And I'm like, what? Now, now the travel channel pretty much has become the paranormal channel. Uh, I yeah. don't see, do you see that there's ever, it's ever going to go away? Because I think it's just going to get more and more popular. Yes. Uh, in a way, it kind of has the last couple of weekends. Uh, but I, not I don't take this from a media point of view. I take it from a viewer point of view. Uh, as a matter of fact, with the show, with Paranormal Perception, and last year at OC Paracon, a lot of the people that I meet, that I met there, and some people that I meet at other paranormal events, they tell me privately that they watch, like Ghost Adventures is the top one, and all the other ones that are on. They watch them because there's nothing else on, but they're getting tired of them. They become drinking games. They don't really take them seriously. It's like you know. Two seconds in, something touched me. What is that? The rampart went off. But it's, they don't really take them seriously anymore. So, yeah, there is a burnout. Very similar to we've, right now the uh, the superhero genre in movies. It's, it's huge because of Marvel. Uh, it's, right. it's, in fact, the organizer from San Diego Comic-Con, he was our first guest on the other show. He, he, he said that everything is like a pendulum. They're on that upward swing. Now they're kind of coming down a little bit. Same, I see the same thing. With paranormal now, the the reason for that uh, um, that popularity, uh, like you were saying a second ago, when talk shows started getting popular, I see it again like 9/11. That's why talk radio really exploded during that time, because when something that huge happens, people want answers, and it doesn't matter who yeah. or where it's coming from, but they just want some kind of answer so that they're not scared and they have some idea of what's going on. In 2020. Uh, you know, with COVID, the pandemic, everything that came with it, same thing. People want answers, and also, not in the morbid way. They got they 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 started thinking about death a lot more because, unfortunately, a lot of people were dying because of the uh, because of COVID. So people started to sure. wonder, what's waiting for me? On is there anything waiting for me on the on the other side? So that's another reason why not 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 especially ghosts and demonic stuff, but more spiritual, not not religious, just more spiritual. Is there something have to be closed our eyes for the last time yeah. or to be closed our eyes and that's it, there's nothing else. So th that's also what, what has led to this explosion of uh, 
uh, of uh, people being interested in paranormal shows. I agree. And don't you also think, Henry, that there's a fear of being out of control? So at the turn of the last century, right, as the, ni- as the 1800s were going into the 1900s, there was that huge boost of the spiritualist movement, and there were tons of people going to seances and psychics and mediums were everywhere because mm-hmm. people feared what the Industrial Revolution was bringing, right? People feared these machines that were in the factories. People were now drinking, driving cars. People were now um, eating and drinking products that were more mass-produced. Uh, that made people feel out of control. It was fear of the unknown. So when people fear the unknown, they go back to the questions of where do I come from? What's it all about? Then we get to the turn of the 20th century and the new millennia, and it's the technological age, and people are fearing the computers, and they're fearing AI, and they're fearing robots working on the assembly line where it used to be people. So we start turning inward again and asking all those questions, right? What's the big picture? What's it all about? Where do we come from? I think it's natural as people that when we feel apprehensive about the world outside, we start to turn in. Then here comes 2020, right? And a global pandemic comes for the first time maybe since the bubonic plague affects the entire world. There's no place on the planet that there wasn't some COVID. And so we're all now facing our own mortality and the possibility of our own death and millions and millions of people are dying. So we go inward again and we start asking those questions, right? What's it all about? Is there God? Did God make COVID? Um, what, what, What is happening to all these people when they die? You know, what do the, what do the off-worlders think of what's happening on our planet? Um, and we start thinking about all these different things, right? So I think it's, it's normal for human beings. Sometimes we just wait till we're scared to death to start asking. So it's like people who aren't religious start praying, right, if the planes crash. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's, that's even made people more and more fascinated. And also I think the community. I think there's a – when you go to a Paracon – um, there's a beautiful sense of community, and um, it's nice to and exciting to be around different kinds of people that have had different experiences in this community. And I'm loving seeing more of the paranormal investigator types working alongside with, working alongside and with the psychic mediums instead of against them. Because there was a time in our community when those two worlds were very divided, right? Very much. Yeah, I just did an episode on that a few weeks ago, actually, with Patty Negri, someone you know. She came on, and we, we talked Very about that. Is, uh, yeah, we we talked. Yeah, that was the uh, the the entire episode was about do paranormal teams need a psychic? And we came up with um, they don't necessarily need a psychic, but is it's a good idea because one. Yeah validates the other you know some people are all they like the new toys uh, the newer the better all the tech stuff new ram pods new this or this device or this or whatever that's fine but then your device may be seeing one thing a psychic can validate that with what they see or feel psychically that's i always say you don't need a psychic but you want a psychic yeah and mm-hmm. and the best is if you can find a psychic who also has some kind of a knowledge of how investigations work because um, you want, you want to, I'm sure Patty told you this too. You want a grounded psychic. You want a psychic who's not going to be like, Oh my God, it, you know, what's that? It's a demon in the closet. You know what I mean? You, you want somebody who's going to actually be really assessing 
what's going on. You have to choose your psychic well. You know, my buddies that um, – and they told this story on my show, the Kling Brothers I was talking about earlier who did the Ghost Lab show on Discovery Channel. They, in their very early days of investigating, they had a psychic fake an investigation. They, they had a psychic, oh, my God, a book just – and they saw her throw the book on the camera. So it made them very distrustful of psychics. And for years and years and years, they didn't work with psychics because of that. So it's very important that you pick your psychic like you pick your fellow investigators, right, with integrity in the same way that you pick your guests when you've got a podcast with integrity because you don't want somebody coming on your show and saying a bunch of wacky stuff and then people are like, what in the, who did you have on? What was that about? So it's important, I think, because some psychics really live out in the – Look, I live in the woo-woo, but my feet touch the ground. Um, I think it's important that you find somebody who is grounded and who also is what I like to call a skeptical believer because you yeah. have to believe in the possibility of everything, but you, aren't, you can't be a person who believes that every single thing that exists is in that particular location at that time because that just gets nuts. So I like psychics that are like super practical that'll say, look, you know what, we'll tell you, it's your dryer. <laughs> we'll tell you, uh, it's an old house and it creaked because there's so much paranormal stuff out there, right? We don't need to be um, falsifying or fancifying things that aren't really there, I, I, I believe. Uh, where do you stand on that, on the, on, the, on the skepticism of it, on the skeptics and and ruling out the things that you believe just aren't paranormal, and that's okay. Um, the, the same as I do with just regular people. You know, uh, you know there, there are nice people that uplift you. They're very positive. But then there are, there are others that just, they have fun just bringing other people down. Same thing with the paranormal community. There are some that, that love to be skeptic just for the sake of being a skeptic. They, they do it just because, just to be a contrarian um, when the apparition is there and the entire group can see it, you have to be the one to say, no, it's not, it's this, just because you're cool. Yeah. Those, I, don't, I don't really like those because they don't really add anything. Um, but like what you were saying, Sheena, where, where you go in there, you hear a floorboard creak. It must be a ghost. No, someone's just walking down, <laughs> the, down the hall. Okay, that, that's okay. And, and like you said, you do need someone like that, a realist, I call them, where... Not every sound, not everything is going to be the ghost or something paranormal. So, because so, I mean, you've been on investigations. I, I've, I've, I, I don't investigate a lot, but I, I shoot investigations for TV shows, and I have to be there. So I can't help but see what's happening. And I've sure. been with both groups where one is like a like an excited puppy. When, comp- when company comes over, ooh, somebody to play with, ooh, ooh, they go in there, and every little noise, every little sound, everything is, is, is this, and the shadow uh, moved. It's like, okay, everybody calm down. Not everything is a ghost. But then there are others that you would almost describe as boring, because, but those are the good ones. I always say the boring, a, a yeah. good, a well-done investigation should be boring because you're taking your time. You're taking the time to actually go through everything that you're feeling, that you're experiencing. If you have a psychic on your team, everything that they're receiving, everything, everything that they're feeling, uh, does it corroborate with a, a REM pod going off or, or temperature change? So when you take your time, yeah, those, that's when it's done right. A, a good, a well-run investigation should be boring. Now, on television, I've always said 
the TV shows, those are just highlight reels. Um, that's one thing. I watch them, but one thing I don't like is that many people that do watch them, especially that are interested in the paranormal, they unfortunately think that that's, that's what they're going to experience every time they go on an investigation. And then they get upset or they give up on it when they don't do something's touching me or what is that. When that doesn't happen on their investigations, then they say, oh, forget it, I don't want to do this anymore. They need to understand that when you're watching a TV show, that's a highlight reel. It took a long time to get that REM pod to light up or right. whatever you see on television. Right. Yeah, yeah. I was. I remember I was interviewing Dr. Kieran O'Keefe once um, about Most Haunted because we all started watching Most Haunted on Travel Channel, right? That was it. Mm-hmm. The, the Brits did it best, I think. They were fantastic because they all just seemed so damn scared by everything, and it was pure comedy. <laughs> And it got people excited about the idea of paranormal investigating. But he was talking about as a parapsychologist, right, as an actual Ph.D. in parapsychology, which not a lot of people who investigate actually are, that it was so frustrating for him because they only had like a week in a location. He said, you know, for normal paranormal investigators, you go in, it's like a month of getting your control levels. And then there's just, a, you know, a couple of months of just sitting there, seeing if anything happens. And then months afterwards doing all the, you know, the findings and the research. Um, para- paranormal television is sped up, right? They're in, they do it, and they're out, and they're somewhere else. So yeah. it, it well, has I, to be I a highlight say, reel because it's... No, I will, I will say, it, if, in case anybody thinks that I'm saying that they're fake, I, will, I won't name names, but I'll tell you... Some of the shows that I, some of the big shows that you, you do watch on travel, I, we, what you saw on the actual show, what was broadcast, it took us literally two weeks to get that, and it was two tedious weeks going back to the location over and over and over, and sometimes doing the same thing over again or trying something different um, until we sure. finally got something. And and then after that, the, the next couple of days after those two weeks, the next few days is spent by the editor putting it together to make a show 46 minute show yeah so yeah it 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 takes a while like i said to 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 get all of that um now i'm i'm not again i'm not saying that the shows fake things or anything that some have been accused of that i don't know i I can't speak about that i've never seen it on the show that i've worked on but i can say that there is a lot of hard work that goes into it a lot of the the work first of all is the investigation having the you know because it, it it takes its toll emotionally and it drains you especially if you're if you're psychically yes, yes. gifted it drains you going being at a location for an extended period of time so having to be there because the network is asking you to be there it's it's that's the work and then the work goes on to the editors and uh, on all of that comes together in the TV shows that everybody watches. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot. It, it's you know, I did a, a paranormal uh, investigation. I came along as a psychic um, in my old high school auditorium, which we knew was haunted, and I'd had some experiences. And I was in the theater department there, and there were, uh, you know, there were stories, and and like I said, I I'd seen it firsthand. But being back there and investigating and feeling the heaviness of that auditorium it made me realize where a lot of my anxiety came from at that time. I mean, I think a normal, you know, non, non-paranormal thinking person would have said, oh, you know, stage fright, you were a kid, yada, yada. But the yeah. truth was there was heaviness there. And for like a week afterwards, I didn't feel quite right, even though I'm really good at protecting myself. So if you're on doing a whole season of shows, right, 
and you're you're going from location to location to location and the sleep is not good and you're up all night looking for evidence and then you're just turning around and going to another place it it does it physically takes its toll on you because being in a place like that being in a Waverly Hills sanatorium or spending the night on the Queen Mary or being at an Eastern State Penitentiary these these places just as a one off drain you but to be doing it every week going from place to place is a lot right yeah yeah, and sometimes it's it's not even the paranormal side of it. Like for example, we shot something um this past weekend on Friday night here in Orange County and it wasn't the ghost, the spirits or anything. There was a mountain lion. We heard it. We caught it clearly on, on, on the camera. Um I've never heard a mountain lion that close and I hope I never hear it that close again. But it's also oh, wow. real dangers. It's not uh, it's not just the spirits or anything anything spooky sometimes it's what's around you sometimes you might be close to private property and they don't know that you're there and they're coming out hey who are you what are you doing here so it, it could scare you a little bit when somebody right. comes out with a shotgun is like what do you get off my lawn <laughs> kind of thing i had somebody tell me once during an investigation that the scariest part was not the ghost it was worrying that you were going to sit down on a heroin needle that was stuck in the <laughs> in the deserted building or yeah. cut yourself and get tetanus on something that was there or i mean you're in these kind of scary old places too right and that's that's also uh you know they're damp and they're cold and they're not well lit and um i remember when i when i went to Waverly Hills sanatorium i mean it's like you go into that place and you get you get that tunnel and you walk into that place and you're just hit with the energy of that place and then there's 200 people there in the dark all running around frantically in like a five-story place it's it's a lot i mean it's like a it's like a horror movie right where somebody like shuts off all the lights and makes you run around with a bunch of crazy people in a giant building and no one knows where they're going um yeah it's except nobody's it's gonna not call anything cut, that, so. Exactly right. It's not anything that you want to do if you are not um, – you haven't protected yourself. I mean, do you do that when you – even when you're working on somebody else's show, if you're going to be in a place that is haunted, do you ward or protect yourself in some way? Absolutely. Um, what, a, lot of the, a lot of the investigations that I do now, uh, even though I'm not – I'm not really investigating. I'm just there again, filming, and part of the uh, the crew that's there is with my guys. But I'm nothing to supernatural. The Native American team, they have they have different forms of protection. They pre- they perform ceremonies and, and different things, and they've they've trained me on a few things. They've shown me some grounding things that the the typical investigative team I'll say won't do, or not because they they don't know how, because they just don't know about it. Um, so I have that. I also have my own that I do. We do what's called offering. Uh, again, they're from the Navajo tribe. There's something that the Navajo tribe does. So we we, we give offering. We, we, we speak to them. They can speak to them in a the spiritual language, which is a language that nobody knows except if you're chosen. And there's only two people in the entire world right now that actually know that, this, which is the actual language of the spirits, uh, talking about human and entities. So... It, meeting them, I always say it was a blessing because I have learned uh, way more than I ever did in all the books and every TV show and everything that I, that I've that I've ever learned up to this point. 
Um, so, so yeah, we those are the definite things we do. We we worry more. They worry more about the grounding, the ceremonies that they perform, more than actually capturing any evidence or anything else. I love that. And how did you get involved with them? That that sounds fantastic. We the, well, they're they're my co-organizers for OC Paracon. So anybody that's going, you'll see them there. Anybody that was there last year, you saw them on Earth in the Supernatural. Uh, we met um, kind of like in radio, completely by accident. This is when uh, again I was shooting a, uh, a test pilot at the time for another TV show, and they happened to be. This was shot in Arizona, and they were happened to be there. Um, and they they actually met one of the leads that we had on the show. He introduced me to them. And from the moment we met, we just, it was like twin flames, long lost brothers, little brothers. Oh, they're, they're I love than that. Me. But we've been, we, we're, we talk just about every single day, not, not paranormal, we just talk about the life. They ask me about uh, media entertainment because they, they want to be in this industry, not, not specifically for paranormal stuff, but they just, they love movies, they love, and they're really talented too. One of the brothers, the younger brother, he's really talented when it comes to editing and everything else. So, so I show them the business side of show business. They give me the teachings for uh, the, their from the, from the Navajo elders that they got. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, that sounds yeah. that's wonderful. And I love that you're learning how to protect yourself in a natural, spiritual way because uh, it's so important. I mean, no matter what you're doing. Uh, whether it's, you know, you're going to pull out the pendulum in your own house, which is making me face palm, um, or you're, you know, going on an investigation, or you're, even if you're just, you know, sitting in your pool trying to talk to the dead, it's, it's so important that you protect yourself in some way before you open up that hole in the veil, because yeah. you don't know what's going to come through. I always liken it to um, when people talk about, oh, I, you know, I use the Ouija board, but I don't need protection. I'm like, it's kind of like if you took off all your clothes and walked into a bar naked at 2 a.m. and said, who wants to have sex with me? <laughs> like, you'd get takers, but do you really want the people, do you really want the takers? And that's kind of yeah. what it's like when you just open up a Ouija board and say, does anybody want to talk to me? I mean, oh, my God, how many, like, weird spirits who are just hanging around with nothing else to do are going to be like, oh, I'll talk to you. Yeah. I'll pretend yes, I, I'm a little I, I, I like that actually. I like that analogy you gave. I think I'm gonna borrow that from from you from now on. Please, please, isn't it? That's true though, right? I mean, that's exactly it is. Yeah, it what is. it's like. You just any takers? I'm in my room alone at night. Uh, who wants to talk to me? Well, what kind of a weirdo are you gonna get? And then they come in and they're tricksters and they pretend to be something else. And you're like, oh, I'm opening up my pendulum every night. I'm helping the sad spirit of a little girl. You know, because every demon pretends to be a little girl, right, mm-hmm. that needs help. Uh, yeah. And, you know, so you just be careful. Be ca- I think, that, you know, people laugh at me because when I appear places, I always talk about, like, white light protection prayers. People now are like, we know, we know, white light protection prayers. But you know what? You, you can't go wrong with white light protection prayers. Just do something. I mean, I wear a lot of charms that means something to me, like spiritual charms right over my solar plexus chakra. So I protect myself 24-7. I never take that off. But when I went to my high school and I did that investigation and I came home and I felt so weird, and it's not always feeling weird, it's not always feeling scared. Like I'm driving home from this investigation, Henry, 
And I start thinking like all the other people on the investigation, like they don't like me anymore. I don't even think they like working with me. And that's not like me. I'm not insecure about stuff like that. I suddenly start feeling like nobody likes me. I'm like, nobody likes me. Well, that's a weird thing to suddenly start thinking when that's not the kind of person you are. I go to sleep and I have this dream that there's this giant black thing standing over me and it grabs my charm necklace and rips off the charm I have of an Irish triquetra and throws it on the ground. And I was, I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, I got to stop going to my high school. That's, I'm never going back there again. And I got up to go to the bathroom and that charm was laying on the floor in front of me. So I took it to the jeweler to have it fixed. And he's like, did somebody rip this off your necklace? Because it looks like it's been ripped. And I'm like, okay, you know, all right. Not, I obviously did not ward myself enough for Huntington Beach High School people. Um, sometimes you think you've protected yourself and you haven't protected yourself enough. And there's not a lot you can do about that. But that's why you need to at least make some attempt to protect yourself all the time, even when you go to yeah. a paratime. Yeah. No, I've experienced exactly what you said. Um, uh, I was in Nevada. We were actually shooting another TV show. And uh, I have a crucifix and some other some other charms that I have also when we go on when we're shooting things on investigations. But I just have it for me for my protection, and for no reason it just fell. Uh, kind of like with you, I actually saw yeah. it and felt it fall through my shirt and it fell into the ground. I was like, well, what's going on here? And that that whole weekend was weird, and that was the first time ever. I'd heard people say that they heard growls before, and I, I kind of believe they're not really. I do now because I heard one clear as clear as a bell that that weekend. A growl close to me when all of that was going on. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's uh, yes, ab- absolutely. We're like kindred souls with the haunted mansion, and the, we wear the charms for protection. <laughs> I mean, I I like you. I like where you come from from a spiritual and paranormal perspective. Um, I like that you're very serious about it, Henry, but you're not, like, pompous about it, right? Because some people get kind of, like, either overly precious about their paranormal experiences or they just become – you have to take your ego out of everything, right? It's so important. Um, you know, we're, we're not curing cancer here. We're trying to help people to heal from their own experiences, and we're trying to show the world these things are real, Um but there, there's no reason to have an ego about it. And, and when, I, when I see investigators or psychics or anybody who's kind of coming from a place of ego, I just sort of back away slowly because it's just not, it's not what spirit wants for any of us. And, it, and it's certainly not the way we're supposed to act when we're supposed to be here to guide other people into feeling safe in this community, right? I'm smiling as you said that because that, those are the exact words I use. I, I run into those kind of people all the time, and that's exactly what I say. We're not curing cancer here. So, yes, I right. absolutely understand what you're talking about. And I will, I will add this, actually, to what you're saying, because it ties in a little bit Please. to OC Paracon. Um, last year, a lot of people, a lot of the attendees, they were all, everybody, there were very, few, very, very few complaints. And the ones that were, they're very fixable. We fixed it for this year. Um, but one of the questions that a lot of the attendees had was why why weren't there big names like Zach Bagans or the Ghost Brothers or anything like that? And well, I I I know the Ghost Brothers. I I really enjoy what they do yeah, and, and all that. I mm-hmm. I I didn't invite any celebrity. And this year, same thing. I didn't. The only one, the only celebrity there is really is Patty Negrin. That's only because she's a friend. 
and and you know Patty. She does not present herself as a celebrity. She's just Patty. Um, no. Right. And and the reason why is I don't want OC Paracon to turn into a commercial for Travel Channel because when if, you, if I start bringing right. uh, all the TV shows, it's all about on and all of the uh, paranormal um, celebrities. That's all they talk about. It. It's my show, my show, my show. With me, like you were saying, um, the reason why I'm so humble, I guess, about this is because number one. The paranormal came to me. I didn't go looking for it. And while I always tell people I'm not an expert in it, uh, over the years uh, I have learned a lot of things. And a lot of things, it's patterns. It's things that keep repeating themselves, so they must be true. Uh, so, so those things I do know, things I do understand, what what to do, what not to do. And again, uh, this blessing that I had meeting the meeting the I call them the boys, the meeting the guys. I don't think it's supernatural. They confirmed a lot of the things that I felt that I believed in when I first started learning about the paranormal. Uh, for example, um, they have a saying: "Think beyond written history." I, I've always looked at because I've always been a big fan of history, and I've always loved, yeah, loved history and and not just haunted buildings, but just history. Period. Uh, but especially mm-hmm. when we go mm-hmm. to haunted places, or when I learn about haunted places, yes. yeah, I, I like to learn about their yes. history. But I've always wondered. Well, was there something there before, for example, Waverly Hills? Was there something there before Waverly Hills? Could it, could it be something that resides there still, not specifically having to do with Waverly I'm sure what happened at Waverly added to it, but was there something there before that? And like I said uh, towards the beginning of this interview, uh, we're, all of our homes are on uh, Native American burial ground, so... Yeah, there's a lot of history, bloody history there, too. There is a lot of suffering. There's a lot of, uh, you know, just everybody picture somebody comes in to your home. You're nice and comfortable. They say, you can't be here anymore. you got to move. Uh, how would you feel? So a lot of that is recorded on, on you know, on, on the land everywhere, uh, and not just with, with them, with Navajo, with, with uh, even me on the Mexican side with the the Aztec Empire, the, all the indigenous people that were used to be here in California. There's a lot of pain yeah. there, so that the Earth feels that, and especially someone like you who is highly gifted, you're going to feel that also. And so I, yeah, I don't. I tell when I talk about whether it's on paranormal perception or here talking with you or at a, something like OC Paracon or when I get invited to speak at other places. Yeah, I speak about my experiences, but with a lot of respect. Respect because it's not my story, it's their story. They just they just gave me permission yeah. to experience a little tiny bit of it, and so that's what I share. This is what they let me see. Uh, I, I, with mm-hmm. um, the first experience I told you about when I was four years old, at four, I yeah. had no idea what it was, who it was. I did find out, not specifically, but I did find out who they were or who they potentially could have been. When Before we sold the house, we took um, three psychics there and my old paranormal consultant, Doug Carnahan. We took them there, and we went through every inch of the house. Apparently, there had been a portal. Well, it's still there. We didn't close it, but there's a portal there in that house, and it was the way they described it was paranormal Grand Central Station where, where there were all kinds of spirits coming wow. in and out all the time which explained sure. why all those decades people heard things, saw things, uh, all of that. So my thought is 
those people that were coming out of the closet, they were just passing through, literally just passing through the portal, yep. and I just yep. happened to see them. Mm-hmm. So uh, even even that, it's my experience, but it's not my story. Their story, I don't know what their story is. If I was gifted like you, I could probably reach out to them and say, hey, why are you here? What what story do you want me to tell? That's how I approach everything. And honestly, that's that's really why I I don't like investigating and I don't, I don't, I don't like the word investigator because it makes it sound like I'm Sherlock Holmes or something. That's that's not that's not what it is when you go out to the haunted locations. It's really you're trying to find their story and share their story, not yours, their story. Uh, a lot of the investigators that. Uh, that I even have on the show, some that are uh, most of them that are on television, they never talk about their story. They talk about my show, my show, I did this, I that, I me, me, I, I. What about their story? I know. They may want their story told also. I love that. We are so completely out of time. Let's do another of these because I feel like we have so much more talking to do, and I agree with you on so many things. Where can people find you online? Paranormalperception.show. Wonderful. And uh, thank you so much, Henry, for being here. Henry San Miguel, if you want more information, SheenaMetalSpiritual.com or find me everywhere online at Sheena Metal. Until I see you next Wednesday at 3 o'clock Pacific time, seek peace, live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity, always work to raise your vibration, and everybody know that you are loved and you are loved. I'm at SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. This is Live Paranormal Radio Network and iHeartRadio's Haunted Playground, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Thanks, Henry.